Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to episode 169 of Waypoint Radio. It is July 13th, 2018. How are you doing today? It is Friday late. This is maybe the latest we've done a podcast in a long time. Months. 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 E3? E3, you're right. Last month. E3 doesn't count, though. This is pretty bad for a Friday. This is bad for a Friday. I like to have these done. I like to, this part of my day should just be me being just like, I'm chill. I'm going to take care of some paperwork for the end of the, for the, end of the afternoon. Ooh, treat yourself. Treat Go myself. Paperwork. always chill. I'm going to go get some Twizzlers. I have been working on some paperwork, and it sucks. Um, but other than that, it's Friday, and that's something to be proud about. We made it through another week. How are y'all doing? Uh, well, I wasn't indicted today by Robert Mueller, so... Whew. Made it another week. Patrick Kleppert confirmed not to be Guccifer 2.0. <laughs> or is he? Is it Guccifer or Guccifer? We Rob and I had this conversation yeah. right before I've we heard it as Guccifer most of the time. See, I've I say Guccifer sounds like a hip hop artist that I haven't well, heard of. So I said Guccifer earlier, and Rob and Kata both looked at me and were like, uh, "Excuse me, it's Guccifer," and I was like, "Oh yeah, because Gucci, that makes sense." But I but guess it sounds bad. It sounds bad. Guccifer, but Guccifer but Gu- also sounds bad. It <laughs> also sounds, sounds like, bad. It sounds like a children's book character. But, like, the, but doesn't that for fit a like a sh- like a like a shitty? I guess he wasn't a bad hacker, but like you know what I mean. Like I, it a hacker name out. is is well, more. You know, that seems like you're gonna fall on the line of like the lamer version of the name. What's wild is that that it was 13 people, right? Guccifer mm-hmm. ended up being 13 people, and the the wildest one that I just read, maybe this was you who sent it to me, Patrick, was that they they had set up a fake ActBlue account, or not account, a fake ActBlue site uh, yeah. that was soliciting donations to them, uh, you know, from, from uh, uh, Democratic donors, and they somehow got the real Act Blue site to redirect to their to their money pit to their. No, fake. I think it. I, th- I think it was they. Uh, they changed the the hyperlink on the like Democratic National Committee side or the D D Triple C. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's it, even better. That's so they, even yeah, better. So they, didn't Honestly, Act, they didn't change like ActBlue.com. They just changed like the forwarding link, um, and then probably from, like scooped right. up a bunch of credit cards in the process. God damn. D Triple C just winning on every front. Really. Uh-huh. Love it out here. Just winning so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, those are the voices of Patrick Klepek and Rob Zachney, who are here today to talk to me about the latest and greatest in video games and Russian hackers and uh, political probes. And, uh, you know, did you all did y'all go back and, and watch any more of that, uh, that, that, that ridiculous, car- like, kangaroo court yesterday? 
I, Trey, saw, I, I saw some clips. It was, there are some it, clips out there. Trey Gowdy's bad. But he, he's Trey bad. Gowdy's been bad for a long time. People just are paying attention now. People, like, yes. tuned out the Benghazi uh, circus uh, as that went on for, like, what, like three or four years. But, yeah, Trey Gowdy, like, a defender of the truth, like, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, go, go back and see what he was uh, stringing along for a number of years there. So uh, for so long. Um, okay, so let's we got that out of the way. We got our brief delve into the political circus of the week. But I feel like we have also had our own uh, drama inside of the game sphere. Unsurprisingly, runs uh, pretty cleanly parallel to many of the other ongoing battles in culture throughout the the rest of of uh, the the world. Um, which was a, kind of a continuation of the arena net stuff. Um, more conversations around the conversation that we had on Monday around the firing of uh, uh, Jessica Price and Peter Fries from ArenaNet. Um, if you want to hear us talk about that and you missed that Monday episode, maybe go back and listen to that before we, we go forward. So more interviews there, um, more uh, examples of the, the effect that this has, uh, the, the, that of those events had on encouraging more shitty harassment and and similar calls for – the firing of people who have done pretty much nothing at all and, does, and don't deserve it at all. Um, and then today we, we had a, a wrinkle to the kind of meta conversation uh, because this morning was, – was it this morning, Patrick? Last I mean, night, I think. Like probably last while, night? Roughly while we were sleeping. Gotcha. The original creator of Kotaku in Action, a subreddit uh, where Gamergate and, and its kin uh, collaborate on – Reddit and plan out, you know, uh, social media harassment campaigns and share uh, uh, information about people and just generally make the lives of lots of folks, especially women, people of color and other marginalized folks in the games industry and anyone who takes uh, takes social justice or who takes equality seriously. <laughs> um, uh, their targets, uh, the, the founder of that of that subreddit shut it down. Overnight, uh, and then this morning or today, uh, after being petitioned by some of its other admins, uh, Reddit reopened it, but not before the founder made a post over on the drama subreddit that uh, was kind of laying out in laying out is maybe even too no that's that's like too generous because it's he, too he, generous. It's, it's a lot of words that say very Dumping. little. Yeah, yeah. What was what was your phrase there, Rob? Dumping. Yeah, dumping, just like... Here's some shit. Here's some, yeah, I did this. It's, I mean, it's, it's, Patrick, it's very you much just like, do you want to up. see, like, someone uh, write a lot of words but actually say, like, very little? Like, it is, it is, it is probably what, like, I don't know, a thousand, you know, twelve hundred mm-hmm. words, but what could, what could be summed up in, like, a sentence or two. But yeah. if you write a lot, well, gee, it seems like you put a lot of thought into it. But when you actually read what he had to say, or they, I, I guess I shouldn't be presumptuous, but... Um, uh yeah there there's very little substance to or or self examination and what they actually wrote Exactly. I mean, so you just finished writing a piece about this. It's up on the site. It's called The Creator of a Gamergate Subreddit Deserves No Credit for Deleting It. Do you want to dig into this a little bit, Patrick, and give us some some context besides just uh what we just what we just said? Yeah, so uh sort of I saw this kind of circling around on Twitter um this morning. Um there are Originally, I was like, oh, maybe I'll write a, a, a just like a quick news piece about this because like this fits within our wheelhouse and uh, this this seems like something that we should, you know, have up on our, our community so people like kind of know that it's something we're paying attention to and, and you know, it's kind of puts uh, our, our 
sort of like foot in the ground for future stories or podcast discussions. And then like a, like as I was writing like the first paragraph and I was actually reading what this person said, like I just it was just infuriating because like the the, the crux of the, the argument made by the creator of Kotaku in Action is that I created this thing, it spiraled out of control uh, over the last four years. Um, the rise of Trump uh, and and the the power of like uh, the Donald, which is like more or less like the like the Gamergate equivalent for like Donald Trump's uh, super fans on Reddit, uh, like has has shown to me that like th- this stuff is out of control and uh, you know it has to be tampered down. And I should have done this a long time ago, but I'm I'm turning off Kotaku in action. Um, and, and what bothered me about it was one, it's like wholly disingenuous uh, about how Reddit works, which is he knew full well that uh, right. the way ownership works on Reddit is that, yes, you own it, but Reddit has a, a specific policy that if uh, a com- like a, a rogue mod or, or owner you know does something to an active community, Reddit can step in and restore it and uh, swap the ownership privileges to someone else. So by saying, like, I'm shutting down this toxic thing uh, was not true. Like, you, it was offline for... 45 minutes to, to an hour based on what I can piece together uh, and then Reddit stepped in and specifically Reddit it's not like an automated thing where like oh boop, like we're gonna pop this back up and flag it it's like Reddit made a, a like explicit choice like someone went in and said ah this should be saved this is a community that we want to continue um, and then B I, I was really taken by the lack of self-reflection right. because like the his post is predicated on uh, that I created Kotaku in action and then it went wrong, which right. presupposes there was nothing wrong with the creation of Kotaku in action. And Kotaku in action like, was a place that was explicit in being a, a breeding ground and a, a, a community for people who were sympathetic uh, and active in Gamergate, a hate movement that was built explicitly right. on gaslighting and lies regarding the relationship between uh, a media company and a game developer. And so there's no reckoning with that in the piece whatsoever. There's no like, ah, uh, actually, you know, there's this whole like thing at the end, like, oh, you got to vote. Oh, like, you know, you should donate your money to Indivisible. It was like, good. <laughs> Those are both like great things. But, sure. it, but it doesn't, he doesn't outline like, actually, I was a bad right. person when I made this. Actually, when I created Kotaku in action, I didn't realize the consequences for the women, the people of color, other marginalized folks that were going to use this as a way to uh, to get together and, and harass people. Like, actually, when I did all this, the, the grand mistake was making it because it was built on a lie. Like, it was built uh, on a foundation um, of sand. And he doesn't reckon with that at all. And so that's what ended up being this piece, uh, you know, where I just kind of, like, break that, some of that stuff down and, um, you know, talk about things about, like, the sort of the media's reaction um, to Gamergate. But it just really it just really drove me up a wall to, to see all sorts of people, like... There were plenty of like good news reports that right. were summarizing what was happening, but there just wasn't enough analysis of like, well, don't give this motherfucker credit for something he doesn't deserve any credit for. It's right. four this years is later. This isn't like a month later. This. His framing of this is like, I created Kotaku in action thinking no one would join. And when I awoke, I had many hundreds of orange reds. Wow, WTF, did I say or do that caused this? KIA began. And then like down 300 words or whatever, the, 
uh, there's a subsection called hate, which is like after, after a few months or whatever, this was a dark time. We were wrestling with how to control hate speech. Not only what was said, but what people could link to. KIA became infested with racism and sexism and other isms, though many isms are not real. These are all quotes from David has, uh, David hyphen me. So on, even there, on, even there, of course, it became many infested. isms oh, aren't real. Uh-huh. Remember, right. like, well, he, he gives up the game. Wink, like right wink. there is like, oh, actually, I agreed with the, the the lie this was built upon, but so then the whole thing falls apart. Because then, what right. are you actually right. apologizing for? Unless you're doing the thing that these crowds always are. Uh, are you virtue signaling? Right. Are you just right. out? You know what I mean? Like you're right. doing, all of that <laughs> shit. Well, is... and like even at its most, like, and I'm using the word. Uh, like it's an imperfect word, but it, it sort of describes maybe the mental state this person was in. And it's most idealistic. What Kotaku in action was going to be was always going to be the two minute hate uh, center for like right. reading articles written from marginalized perspectives or promoting like greater quality diversity or flagging social justice issues. It was always going to be that was its whole purpose. Right, was basically to point a finger and be like, "Look at this bullshit! Doesn't that piss you off? What the fuck are the, you know? What what the fuck is this doing in my games?" That was it at its at its least offensive. Right. That was the most harmless thing that site could have been. What the fuck do you think that thing is going to turn into? Like when you woke up that next morning and you had all these people, like but when this you created two minute hate dot com, right? <laughs> what like and tons of people start like flocking to it. What do you imagine is the draw? I, you know, I don't want to the the I don't want to just like linger on this guy forever because there. This is one of those situations where it probably is. Uh, I don't want to like give him more of a platform than he already has as being this thing that's already been written about a bunch of, you know, and, and it's worth talking about that this happened to be clear. I'm not saying we shouldn't be talking about it, but I think that there's a version of this post that at least says, here's what I thought I was building. Here's why I built it. Here's what I believed. And, and it, you know, it was about this thing or that thing. And here's how it started to get away from me. Here are beliefs I had then. Here are beliefs I had now. That would at the very least be, um, useful, functionally useful for us as media critics to look at and go, okay, this is this one person's perspective on how it got from point A to point B. But because his version, their version of events, uh, is completely absent, uh, any sort of detail onto the ideology that work, into the, the, the specific material, like steps that were taken to bring more people into the fold, into some of the, the rhetoric that was at use there. Like, there's nothing to take away from this thing to learn anything. And so it's frustrating to see people say, like, well, good on him for trying to sh- shut it down. Uh, cause it's like, no, like, there, that's not even, that's not even a thing. There's not even, uh, there's there was no chance that was going to stick and where where you know this is someone who could have left us with some pretty useful information at the at the very least instead we just get this sort of like back self back padding you know grandstanding writing a wrong like, or if you wanted to release transcripts of like the origin of like of like some sort sure. of insight into like yes. the, the the way that these people actually talk behind the scenes, which we know is is coded much differently than the public face. Like Kotaku in Action is a cleaned up version of 4chan and right. Kiwi Farms. Um, right. So like was the the worst acts of 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 harassment and targeting by Gamergate did they come from Kotaku in Action? Like hard to prove, right? But it's it's much easier to look at like you know 4chan and Kiwi Farms where they they, they there's no like they don't try to cover what they're doing. They are they are just open. There is no coding. Um, it is a straight up.
up um, uh, all sorts of, of the worst possible things right. you There's can no imagine. There's no dog whistle. There's not even – Yeah, the, ra- rather the, than coding right. racial language, they just say the slur. You know, like rather than saying like we should reach out to this person to talk, they're just like we're going to target them and harass them and like try and find the, their family's phone numbers. You know, like right. – yeah. right. <laughs> Talk in action is basically like the Federalist or the Daily Caller with links <laughs> pointing to – or community members who will point you the way, the way to Stormfront. Right. Right. Like that's right. Basically, right. That, that's it's the front office. It's the, oh, the Federalist is very good. What a great yeah. comparison. Good pool. Um, so I guess for me, the, the, there's a bigger question here, which is or not a bigger question, but the, there's this ongoing conversation. The arena net stuff, I think, for, for me, for you, for for uh, other people I've seen this week has felt like a a major echo of Gamergate which which again a hate movement that in many ways pre-existed its its own uh naming both literally and figuratively uh this this kind of collection of of malignant regressive uh forces given flesh uh, people who deeply deeply are fearful of change and who are skeptical of uh outsiders changing things and and are you know proponents of gatekeeping and keeping things the way they've been um that existed in gaming for a long time um but gamergate certainly felt like it coalesced into something potent and and deeply harmful and here we are it is it is july 13th of 2018 we're four years on um the conversations have been about in the last couple of weeks uh whether about the arena that stuff or other things hey here are, here are things that are uh, uh com- comparisons you can make between gamergate and the rising alt right movement here are comparisons to make between gamergate and and uh members of the trump cabinet obviously um direct connections often between people in these circles uh and and here is this event the arena net firings that felt like it was catalyzed to do all of that again and to send us even deeper down uh, in our little corner of the world at least uh the rabbit hole of of the of, of hate groups and of harassment of doxing of of all the stuff that that will eventually kind of echo out into the rest of culture through the production of uh actionable ideologies that get people like Donald Trump elected that hurt people very specifically and my big question is like, what do we do this time as we start to see these things differently or happening again? What do we do differently to get in front of them um, and and prevent that sort of cascading effect? And again, I'm not saying Gamergate is why Donald Trump got elected. I think it's an overdetermined, super complicated thing there. But I'm not going to deny that there are that there it's, are it's, it's parallels. It's the culture, yes, right? Like exactly. It's, it's it's a it's a like Gamergate was useful rhetorically because it crystallized into this like near physical thing a and a group of activities that were happening all along right and so in terms of being able to explain to people oh like this thing you know this thing that's been happening to all sorts of people for years and years and years both on and off the internet but especially on the internet oh game Brigade is a like way of like i can point you to this and give it a name as opposed right. to something a little bit uh, well, and, and malleable and materially gamergate was a testing ground for all sorts of behaviors and tactics and i'm not saying that it would be it would have been the only uh, they would have found a testing ground they would have found a place to recruit young uh, uh angry white dudes from um this right. was the place they found Gamergate and this is one Spain. of the Right, exactly. Yeah. And so here is the question. If is is the stuff around ArenaNet, if not now, then then eventually we will have another thing in this space as big and terrible as Gamergate. 
where people's lives are negatively effective, where lots of people want to like sit tightly to the center and say, well, you got to hear both sides. Hey, they were very rude um, and and not be willing to take a hard stance. What do we as people, you know, on this on this podcast, but also listeners at home, what are some like thoughts for them as we move towards those those potential uh, events? I mean, I, I have less clear responses for <laughs> sort of like uh, the average person. Like I, I think of it more uh, for my my role. Like one thing I noted in my piece was that I think there has been much more clear eyed reporting about ArenaNet and the consequences surrounding that. There has not been a lot of uh, like, for lack of a better word, like video game centrism um, or, or both sizing. It has been a lot more of this is what happened. This is like in very explicit terms um, and and not spending a lot of time uh, airing out the grievances of of the other side. It's very much uh, front and center with what this thing is. Um, and I think that is in no small part to the fact that there are a lot more women in high profile places yeah. of reporting. Like that was a huge problem this first time, the first time around, especially at media outlets where like women were uh, predominantly uh, a minority. That is still true. It's just less true uh, now. Um, and I heard all sorts of explicit stories where it was just like the women were causing a fuss, wanting to put out a statement. Causing a fuss is a poor phrasing. What I mean is they were making valid points about trying to uh, – to, they wanted their outlets to make a statement. Um, but the right. men in power were – just kind of like doing the centrist thing and like, ah, let's see how this thing pans out. Oh, but if we make a statement, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get targeted too, which like, look, motherfucker, like white dude is, <laughs> you might get some shit, shit in your mentions, but like, yeah. I'm not saying white dudes don't get harassed, but like, well, there's a different know. degree of skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, so for me, like as a reporter, like it, it is encouraging as someone that learned a lot from Gamergate um, and has tried to apply that going forward. It is, being clear-eyed upfront about that, like being uh, straight-laced about that upfront, and trying to to do that as soon as humanly possible, and trying to avoid the trap of like waiting to. Not that you don't want all the evidence, but I, you know, I guess it's just to to try and cut through the bullshit. Like journalism, when you go to school for journalism, and that a lot of uh, reporters and video games didn't go to school for journalism, but still, like there is like this hear both sides, like. Uh, journalism 101 uh, sort of practice and that comes from uh, I mean this didn't totally exist in the past but there like there was a prior time when there was more good faith actors on both sides that side does not exist and so you can't apply the same tools and the same logic when the other side is twisting that to their gain and that's what they did in Gamergate was they twisted people's uh, desire to think that there were good faith actors on both sides when really there wasn't and uh, they use that to their advantage to kind of stretch that out and give legitimacy to their platform. So for me, for like for reporters, for for critics, it's to just be upfront about that and to get your your platforms, like your publications, to be upfront about that and to not have it only exist on Twitter. Like have it exist on your publication in a way that makes a strong statement, whether it's mm-hmm. through reporting to, ana- to 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 analyze what's happening at these places. There are different pl- ways to do this. It's not all just like. Uh, uh, an essay that says like, yo, this stuff is shit. Like there are different ways to approach <laughs> this. Um, like I think The Verge has done really good yep. uh, reporting on this from a cultural angle that uh, both uh, denounces it, but it often does it from a, like a very deep reporting perspective um, about what's happening there. So that's, that's where I come from, from at least from my angle on this. Rob, do you have any thoughts here? <sighs> yeah. I mean, lots, lots of them, Austin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think a lot about the reactions I've seen to uh, 
what happened to Jessica Price and the way things unfolded at um at ArenaNet and sort of some of the conversation stemming from our show. And I guess the thing that still concerns me is that I still see whatever that nugget of resentment or feeling like or feeling disrespected by people you perceive as elite, I still see that out there and flourishing. Like I see yeah. it when I see people really dedicate themselves to proving why a woman who just one day had had enough of this shit on Twitter for one minute on a fucking vacation. <laughs> yeah. Why a woman in that position deserves to get fired and why she should have gotten on her hands and knees to apologize if she was serious about saving her job and if she felt bad enough about what she'd done. I have a lot of questions about the kind of people that invest themselves that much in like parsing that and making that case and restating that case and basically trying to prove in some like, you know, objective fashion that we can all agree on that this was someone whose career deserved to be just get completely fucked up and deserved to be publicly humiliated by the man in charge of her company. Right. Like that concerns me greatly. And I think maybe to tie it back to what we were talking about a minute ago, you'll note that even the uh, KIA guys uh, post still has this like weird directionless anger floating through it, right? Like Mm -hmm. his turn to the left is as directionless and unfocused as the turn toward, uh, you know, bigotry and fascism was in 2014 or whatever. It's still this, well, now I'm still pissed, but now I'm pissed at the Trumpers and go to, go to indivisible. People, I think, are sitting on a, like, there are a lot of people out there who I think are nursing a lot of petty or undirected grudges about feeling like they're taking part in communities or societies that just don't give them a seat at the table, don't listen to them, don't care about them. And they want somebody to be held accountable for that. They want to see somebody get fucked up over that. Yeah. And I think... That's the part of ourselves that we've got to, and like, and I, I have that part of myself, but that's, that's the part of ourselves that we've got to wrestle with. That idea that on some level we are owed a fucking apology for people who have no, re- you know right. what I mean? Who have no real connection to us, who are care- you know, are dealing with their, their own struggles, are bringing their own perspectives. Um, but I still see that feeling that people acting on their lived experience people having feelings about the ways they are treated when we imagine ourselves in the position of the person being maybe in one moment disrespected or the person just being told to shut up or the person whose question is be- whose conduct is being questioned in articles about social justice movements um until we wrestle with that part of ourselves it will keep being weaponized against us. It will keep right. being used to mobilize us against our own interests. And that's the thing that concerns me that I've seen in this last week. It's still there. And people are still really quick to fall for the same trick. Yeah. So I, one of the things that I do my best to focus in on here is, you know, there's the, there's the Nietzsche quote, um, uh, distrust in all, in all men, uh, distrust all men in whom the, 
impulse to power to punish is powerful. They are the the bloodhound and the hangman or whatever, right? And like the part of me is the person who still wants to punish, right? And who says like yo, fuck those people who start harassment campaigns. They should not they should not be in the positions that they are in. Some of those people have well-paying jobs and are in you know uh high high places inside of our industry. And the thing that I need to focus on is not that – the thing that I, I, I do my best to untangle is whether I'm interested in punishment or in a, a material change of the circumstances. And and when I am the latter, what is that change? And so when I say something like I think that it's fucking ridiculous that prominent people in the esports scene will not uh, come out and and openly say that this is not a space for homophobia or for homophobic slurs and that we shouldn't be putting people who are willing to use homophobic slurs in front of cameras. That isn't about the punishment. That isn't about the whip. Right? It's about creating a space where more people can come and flourish. And when I say that, you know, uh, uh, Scott Pruitt in the EPA should lose his job, or when I say that Scott Pruitt should be berated, or not Pruitt now, obviously, but when I say Mitch McConnell should be berated in public, it is not simply because I want Mitch McConnell to feel awkward. It's because I want, because I believe deeply that that is a step towards some goal, some, some change, some material change in the way that our, that our society works. Now, I'm not saying that the people who create doxing campaigns and who create harassment campaigns also don't have an end goal. I'm saying that their end goal is bullshit. I'm saying that like they're, they are not under attack in the way that marginalized identities are. I'm saying that they already have mobility, that they already are served, that those are people who – people deserve happiness. And they have access to it if what their concern is is that they want video games that do X or Y or Z. Those X and Y and Z exist already. The introduction of new products to the video game marketplace that have, you know, women characters, uh, or the, you know, the introduction of women to Battlefield f- uh, f- uh, 5, right, does not actually hurt them in any meaningful way. It does not deny them access. Or if it does, it only denies them access because they are misogynists and because they are so put off by the vision of a world in which a woman is standing next to a man and is equally capable that they could not access that that work and at that point I can't help you um and so that is how I do my best to entangle that stuff but I think that that's a, a wise thing to suggest Rob I do think that like we do need to be more than just angry at a thing we do need to be more than just furious we need to untangle why we are so angry and then move in the with anger often in ways that are productive towards writing the circumstance. Um, that is my, my, I found a line. Thank God. <laughs> my head has been, I have been tangled on this all week because I know do, I've been angry. Do we have, I, I don't think any of us have really uh, touched on like, what do we do? Like we're in a different position, right? Yeah. Like critics, influencers, journalists, whatever, you know, pick your word. Uh, uh, we are in a position to to do more than the average person um, because, like, we help set the tone. As I mean, that as a collective, um, um, as much as I mean as an individual. But like, what do we tell people who is like the average person who is just as upset and confused yeah. 
and angry, and their six Twitter followers, you know, echoes into the void. Um, but they want to do something, and so like I don't know, like did, I'm, I'm trying to work through uh, for for folks like that. I mean, I, I wonder if it's more like trying to find positive ways to help and lift up folks more than trying to untangle right, the negative sure. stuff, right? It's it's like supporting people, on, like marginalized folks on Patreon. It's, yep. it's Three telling, bucks a month can do or, so or much even, more than you or think maybe it you can. you can't do money, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is something that I've, pra- I've, 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 I've said for, for years, and I, I tell people that you like their work. Yeah. Like, especially folks who are well, one, people who even you would consider big like ourselves, like I still like get really happy <laughs> when people tell me they like the stuff that I do. But like specifically in a spec, like I'm in a really cushy position. Right. So like right. Um, you have health care. Th- I have health care. Like I have a great salary. Like I'm 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 good. But I still like hearing that people like my work. <laughs> but mm-hmm. for folks that like are in those other for the folks who are like specifically targeted by these people because they don't have the same safety net because they don't have the same financial uh, assurances they mean it may not have the same social network and i mean that like in the like the physical reality um and also right. like their their friends online like i i don't know like those are the people like if you read something about them if you saw a, a youtube video like even if you can't give them money or they don't have something like ko-fi or whatever set up like Tell those people like their work is important. Tell them you want to to hear more from them because especially when you are down and out, when you are starting, when you are not getting paid any money for the work that you do, like that has currency and like that has value. And it's like those are the voices that are going to help us get on to the other side of things. Like those are the voices that we we need more of. Um, and so like at the very least, like find those people, follow them on Twitter, share their stuff, share their tell stuff, them that yeah. you enjoy, share it, tell them that you like. It's the same way that when uh, uh, folks ask, like, how do you break into games journalism? It's like, well, go email, like, an indie developer who's got, like, two reviews on Steam and tell them you want to interview them. They're going to want to talk to you because they're excited to talk to anyone. So, like, a new writer, someone starting out who doesn't have, like, a huge base, like, they're going to be excited to talk to you about, like, what they're working on, what they have to say. And they're going to be engaged and they're going to build off of that. And so, like, find those people that you appreciate, like, lift them up, share their stuff, back them financially if you can, like... Those are like positive steps you can take, even though you don't have uh, necessarily a lot of like cultural cachet in like, you know, the video game criticism community. Like those are active steps you can take that will make people's lives better. And it doesn't necessarily require you to like figure out what we do about fucking libertarian Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all that. All right. We should take a quick break and come back uh, so that we can put an advertisement in here if our algorithmic ad sales per- person has sold an, ag- an algorithmic ad. <laughs> Maybe you'll hear me talking about Google. Maybe you'll hear me talking about, I don't know, maybe you'll hear Rob so talking about Maybe if you're in glasses. Germany, you'll hear a questionable ad that we have to take down later. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll have to do that. Fuck. All right, we will be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back now, uh, and uh, and we should talk maybe briefly about some video. I have to complain about some bullshit. Can I complain about some bullshit? What have the last uh, twenty five minutes been? 
that was complaining about some real shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. fair um, please. I sent, I sent to, a, to a chat that I'm in last night, I sent the following message. Galaxy Variant S, which is the new... Oh, here we go. Uh Uh-huh. The new Uh Nintendo Switch version of Galaxy the Dimensional, uh, developed by Gung Ho Games. Uh, It's a mobile... There's a Galaxy... uh, It's a a Switch port of the mobile game. Of the mobile game, which also only just came out. Yeah, Yeah, this whole thing... (laughs) I'm just I'm, Galaxy listen, I, 2017 26 yeah. Galaxy the 2016 mech slash space fighter love letter to old anime Galaxy variant S is the twisted monkey Paul wish result of everyone who said I wish Galaxy wasn't proc gen and had distinct levels and permanent upgrades and was easier to control you can't transform between a ship and a mech they removed a key movement type side boosting by making the levels smaller and handcrafted the limits of the environmental art assets are felt even harder. Also, it has a lot of mobile game progression stuff that's been done better elsewhere. And oh, it, I was in this chat. Yeah, you uh, were. I'm like, oh, why do I know these words? <laughs> and it doesn't feel like making a cool ship or mech. I'm so fucking upset about this because I liked Galaxy, or the original game, quite a bit. I think it has its issues, and I fully understand. Okay, for people who don't know what Galaxy is at all, um, uh, it was... It's like three years ago now, right? Yeah, I was at... I, was at, I reviewed it was my first review of Giant Bomb, I think. 2015, August 10th, 2015, three years ago. Um, it is a pretty difficult uh, uh, kind of side, not side scrolling, but like a, a 2D top down view of a spaceship that can turn into a mech. It's a roguelite. Uh, you explored environments and fought bugs and space pirates and the evil empire. And you, you went on, it was run based. You kind of went on runs and, and every time that you died, you had to start over. Um, it was, it had like just a fucking gorgeous aesthetic, just beautiful. Um, and it looked like Macross or, or, or Robotech or, you know, kind of a 80s style. The VHS artifacting on the God. Uh, cutscenes and menus was something else too. Unbelievable. I mean, like there was a, it was a game that would come up with fake episode titles every time you started a new, a new episode or a new, uh, mission. It like generated it and also f- not only fake episode titles, fake, uh, writer titles for each episode which is a very nice touch and this game has none of that it is like you said the mobile port uh of uh or is a port of the mobile port of this game handled by a different company um and it's so frustrating because that was a game that had if nothing else had a lot of style um and this is just so drab it's free to play so you know you can check it out for free but it's just i i what i wanted most of all from that game was a sequel that that brought it to people, brought it to other people and gave other people the joy that I got from it by maybe producing something that was a little bit more like what they wanted. And instead it's this, and it's just a bummer. This is the second, this and new Gundam breaker in the same month are breaking my fucking heart. (sighs) Y'all. I'm sorry. This is, this is, I have to complain about mechs. That's it. Look, this is is the price you pay. You got Battletech. It was good. Sadly. (laughs) Unfortunately, the rest of my mech games... No, Into the Breach. I got Battletech and Into the Breach this year. It's been a pretty good year for mechs. It has been a good year for mechs. It's just... I wanted to be... the year of the mech, damn it. Right, and now MechWarrior 5 is out next year? Come on. They didn't even show that game that takes place in the Front Mission universe at E3. That'll probably be at TGS. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Um, It's just a frustrating thing. It's an interesting thing because... 
I think the model is what's interesting partially, which is they released this game. It doesn't do as well as they'd hoped it did, presumably. I don't know what the sales did, did on. That's completely me um, supposing, right? Uh, and they license out the game to Gung Ho, a mobile game developer. And my literal only hope is that the, the team at 17-bit is off making something really dope right now using the money that they got from licensing it. It's just – here's the last complaint. It's like uh-huh. canonically – it is like canonically a sequel to that game. Like the events – the events of Galaxy. Oh, weird. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. So the events of Galaxy – For the uh, people out there who are like, all right, I need that story to pick up. <laughs> we are trying yeah, I, know. I need it to pick up Jedi in a territory. mobile game. We are like so, Austin's about to start his petition. Like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm making my own sequel, and it's gonna be the real version. And the mechs are gonna be awesome, and they can transform and transform they can whatever transform. you want. You understand how ridiculous it is that the mech can't transform? That you have to pick either a fighter or a mech before it's you. Like that mechanic is like one of the. <laughs> it's the, it's like it's, the mechanic. Yes, it's the mechanic. Um, yeah, it picks up after the DLC of the original game. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's weird. so weird. It's, it has all sorts of free to play stuff. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's free. Don't don't dump money into it. If you want to check it out, check it out. Don't dump money into it. That's my my anti my non waypoint this week. I guess. <laughs> Don't pay money for Galaxy <laughs> Variant. Maybe S. we should do that every once a month. Once a month. Uh, Anti-waypoints. Yep. Anti-waypoints, exactly. Oh, important note. Hold on. Remember that Ancestors Legacy game I was talking about like ages yeah. ago on the show? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so get this. Oh, boy. Speaking of games that, hey, don't fuck with this game, or I retract even mentioning it. So Ancestors Legacy, you know what I didn't put two and two together with until somebody brought it up on Twitter? That's from the Hatred Dev. <laughs> But turns out Hatred is not the worst game that developer has made. Oh the no! Wait, I didn't made, dig. I didn't dig deeper into this. No, Uh-oh. the worst game they made. I think is something they called like IS War or something like that. But it's basically ISIS is sending tons of terrorists to okay. Europe on migrant boats, and you're oh. one brave Western warrior with a machine gun. And yeah, so it's exactly what you think it is. And the Yo. head of this company's gotten hot water because, like, on their Facebook, they liked uh, basically a Polish fascist party. So, returning that to Ancestors was- Legacy for one second. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the language around this game now, and boy, yeah. In like now that that now informed by that context, Ancestors Legacy takes on a rather different cast, and so does its title. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. and it's also like a really mediocre game. Uh, like, but the the main the main point here though is, um, yeah, fuck that, fuck that developer. Like, literally everything they touch has basically been toxic. Uh, and it's so funny that like, I got a lot of like normal ass looking and sounding PR emails about it that like never brought up this developer's track record at all. I should have fucking Googled it, uh, but they so like background the Did history not- of this company yeah i got yeah. a key in the mail i was like fuck it it's an rts I'll, i look at those totally it here's the this is the line that i would raise my eyebrows with given this context especially given the, the context of the game in which you shoot people uh the one that you just described whatever it was called ice defenders i don't uh, god is defenders right or, or whatever i don't know i'm not gonna look it up again. anyway uh, this is a, from the press release for Ancestors Legacy. Uh, Hello, conquerors. It is time to remember our ancestors, to realize and acknowledge where we're all coming from and what our forefathers oh, did fuck. to ensure our place in the world is secured and safe. 
Y'all, you guys didn't hear me whistle because I was I was a higher pitch. It was a dog whistle, is what I was uh, making. Is that so you how that hear works? Me. Yeah, you couldn't hear it. But so um, you like you say something, and then someone stands behind you with a whistle. <laughs> with a whistle. That's it. Shit. Shit. All right. Well, that's that's the second anti waypoint. Patrick, do you have an anti waypoint <laughs> uh, for July tw- July thirteenth, twenty seventeen? Um, I don't. What uh, avoid? I don't. I don't have anything off the top of my head. What about the avoid the uh, Reddit? The Reddit. The deep. What about the deep nest? Oh, here, you know what? Okay, so okay. I, this is not an. This is not a, an anti, nor is a pro. But this is breaking. Oh, I as see we, how it is. I see how it is. A little fence sitting, a little centrism from well, Patrick Well, you can choose. You can, uh huh. You can choose your side. Uh, so both so, sides have some good points. Well, okay. So, uh, alien cloning marines. Bad game. Um, I saw okay. I saw a demo for that at a PAX years ago, and uh, it looked incredible. Like the famous demo that a lot of press came out of, and were like going, "Ah, this game actually looks like pretty awesome." Um, and then it came out in the game. Like I'm sure you've seen that gifs and like videos of like the aliens just like standing around yeah. and like not doing any like pa- like it just it, ma- it didn't make any sense why the game was as bad as it was. So uh, this broke while we started recording this, but. Someone found out uh, if okay a new update will be coming soon with this change included. However, getting reports back from several players on how much this affects the games, I had to post it now. Basically, there's a, a line of code in the game called attach pawn. Oh my god! To to tether. And oh then if you, my god! If you, I'm looking at it. And if you ch- it's a typo, and if you change it to if you take it the the e, so it's written in the code as tether as in T E A T H E R. And if you change it to what it should be, like when it's tethering something, like the AI is tethered to something, um, it fixes a bunch of shit in the game. Right, like, because this is the code for like attaching an enemy to something it's tethered to, presumably, like an en- like a character that it's trying to attack, or a piece of cover in the environment, or the ceiling, <laughs> or something. And and so I, you know, a lot of things. I played like an hour and a half of that game. There are. Things beyond that that, you know, just did not make Alien Clone Marines uh, uh, a good game necessarily. But, like, that is oh fucking my God. wild. Here's like, the, is, the idea is... that a typo has been found five years later by, like, I, I've been wanting to write about this it for a while. Like, there is a ho- this is an there, amazing there is a There is a whole scene of people that have been trying to take Aliens Clone Marines, like, the structure of it and fix it. Like the idea being like, oh, there's enough bones here that we can actually make something interesting. Like, especially because the art assets are like really incredible. Like yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's stuff here that like, maybe we can do something with this because we don't have the money to do all the stuff that Gearbox did from a production standpoint. Um, so there's been this whole community trying to improve this game quietly in the background for the past uh, four or five years. And then this dis- and a- some of those mods have evolved, like trying to fix the AI and trying to do the pathfinding. This is just and in then, any file. And then to this just is find just find out a fucking typo in a is... file. You can just you can just open. It's not even deep in the codes. It's no, like in it's, a, like it's, an, a, it's a, any file. It's an any file. So here's the. This is from the post uh, from was, uh, on Reset Era. There's a post by Jiggles Bunny, and then they're, they're quoting uh, someone else inside of another community. 
Um, uh, huh. Uh, attach pawn to tether does a lot. It controls the tactical <laughs> position adjustment, patrolling, and target zoning. When a Xeno is spawned, it is attached to a zone by a tether. Or sorry, it's attached to a zone tether. This zone tells the Xeno what area uh, is its fighting space and where different exits are. In combat, a Xeno will be forced to switch to a new tether, such as one behind you, as to flank or disperse so they aren't grouped up. Whenever the game tried to do this, nothing happened. Now so, it yeah, does. So the, pers- the person writes in here that they did it to their copy of the game. And it yep. says, the improvement is immediately recognized when you first encounter with the Xenos. Uh, while they still charge you uh, perched on their hind legs, they now crawl far more often, flank you using vents, and holes in the environment are generally far more engaged and aggressive. Five years after release, a single letter managed to overhaul the entirety of the enemy also, behavior in this game. What if it's not a typo? What if somebody was just like, tether like Heather? Yeah, tether like Heather. Tether like Heather. Tether like Heather. Tether like Heather. Uh, Oh my god. Also, though, how quickly did everyone just walk away from this burning wreckage of a game? So they didn't nobody ever fixed that or like gotta go. You know what though? Like I, I I bet like one of the things I'll be curious about, uh, you know, like sort of the as this ripples out and gets shared. Here's my my guess is we will find out all sorts of situations in game development where there have been things exactly like this. Like my guess is like small, like innocuous things in code or whatever have like great ripple effects that people look back and like thousands of man hours were spent fixing something that was actually like, you know, as simple as moving a block, you know, over to to some other thing or whatever. Um, my, My guess is this is not unique. This is obviously like a pretty, this is supposed to be caught, you know, like this is indicative of like a, like a, a, a poor, you know, a game shouldn't have shipped like this if there right. was something this simple. But my guess is over the in actual development before a game is released, this is probably more common than than we think. So that's my, I, again, like I'm not saying you should go play Aliens, Colonial Marines, but I'm kind of thinking maybe I should play Aliens, Colonial Marines. Waypoint 101, Alien? No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that. We are no, not. not. Uh, no, I, not. We should try to figure out a Waypoint 101 sometime next week, and, and we'll let people know about it. Um, After Riverdale, I promise. Of course. We should do something with Riverdale. Uh, there's a lot of people who want to talk Riverdale with us. I'm not re-watching Riverdale. But so we I gotta could hit a while it's fresh. We gotta hit it while it's fresh is the thing. So uh, maybe we do like a quick burner 101 yeah. on Riverdale. Two, like, two, three hours. Got it. Oh my god. We're not... Well, we're no. only doing one and, we're, and you want to hit the entire series to date. I mean, there's so much. Send us your Riverdale thoughts. You can send us all questions at, to gaming at vice.com. That's gaming at vice.com. Send us your Riverdale thoughts. What is this website? I'm Austin Walker. You can find me. I was me gonna on, say I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? You can find me at Patrick Klupik. Not looking at my Twitter mentions for the next forty eight hours. Yeah, good luck, homie. Uh, Rob, what about you? At Rob Zachney. There it is. Follow everything Waypoint does, twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash waypointvice, and, uh, of course, twitch.tv slash waypoint. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at B-O. Nope. Not B-O. Just go to B-O. Just go on the internet and type B-O and see what you find. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. It's Friday. We're all going home. Go pick up your daughter. Patrick, that's for you. That was just specially for <laughs> thank, you. Oh, sh- that's right. I, that is what I have to do. Yeah. That's good. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, Danielle isn't here, but I'll say it. Be good and be good at it. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 